Hey guys, what's up? It's your girl, Jay Amwa. Thank you so much for tuning into Jay Amwa Speaks. I am so excited for today's episode because I have an amazing guest with a phenomenal journey. She is the founder of Sober Black Girls Club, a nonprofit organization and safe haven for women of color who are seeking support for alcohol abuse and a community where women can feel safe and build their confidence. On today's episode, we are going to be chatting with the founder as we discuss healing, learning from past mistakes, and how her story is changing the lives of millions of people. So without further ado, please help me in welcoming the beautiful and talented Katie Oluwatuwin. <laughs> hey, what's up? Yes, Khadija in the house, y'all. What's Khadijah. up? How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for joining me today. Like, honestly, I just want to say I am so proud of you and the woman that you're becoming. Like, seriously, you are incredible. And I just want to let y'all know, like, she has been featured on so many platforms, including Good Day New York, The Washington Post, Teen Vogue. And I know recently you had the opportunity to be featured on Jada Pinkett Smith's Red Table Talk, where you actually sat down and shared your story. Like, Khadija, you are such an inspiration. And I've known you since freshman year of college. And just to see, honestly, your growth. And to see you blossoming is such a blessing. So just shout out to you and just for always being you. I really appreciate you a lot. So God thank bless you, me. Julia. And yeah. you know, I want to say thank you for always being a great friend. I told you Aww. the other day, you've, you've been like my friend since, since day one, Aww. like through the many phases of Katie or, you know, as you say, <laughs> Khadija. Yes. Um, and you're so appreciated. Just make sure to know I appreciate you. Oh, I appreciate you too. Honestly, it's real love. It's real, real love. And I'm just really proud of you. And so, yeah, I just want to get right into it because, you know, I feel like this topic is so relevant, right? Like, let's just putting everything aside. Like, none of us are perfect, right? Like, all of us go through things. All of us have a story, you know? Um, and I really want to talk about just healing because I know there's so many layers to healing and everyone's journey is unique to them. Um, and I know today I want to touch a little bit about your journey and you just starting the Sober Black Girls Cub Black Girls Club, which tackles the issues women face with alcohol. But how did you get to this point where you are now in your healing journey? And I think people often hear a testimony or success and they don't realize like all the growth and all the like not so cute moments and the hard work that goes into it. So can you just share with us like your journey to getting where you are now and like your healing story? Yeah, I mean, okay, so I guess um, I want to say like just growing up, even through like growing up and just elementary school, high school, college, law school. Um, I was always really focused on like tangible, um, tangible things, things that like society said were important. Right. And that's how basically I don't want to generalize, but that's how a lot of people just grow up just right. trying to hit milestones right. um, that like society has put us put out there since like day one. So like to get great grades, uh-huh. you know, honorable choir or whatever religion you're part of, you know, do some work there on the weekend. You know, I grew up Muslim. So going to like Quran school, right. um, you know, just always trying, especially because uh, being kids of um, immigrant parents, uh-huh. it's always a strive then of just, you know, do hard work, you know, work hard. I said do uh-huh. hard work. <laughs> work hard. <laughs> I know work what you hard. meant though. Yes. <laughs> Get good grades and just move on to the next step of your life. And honestly, it was the summer of 2017. 
it was the summer that I graduated law school. Um, I was really focused on just, I was really focused on just like graduating. I was really focused on the bar. Um, and that's when I started to, I want to say things like started to take a shift because mm. I was really scared. I was terrified of like feeling the bar. Mm. Um, and even though like I'm a very smart person, even though I've done great, like through school education, all my, my years, it's just having that, that. I guess, shadow, that cloud yeah. of just never wanting to be, to be a failure. So no matter, even though like the proof was in the pudding, like right. I did great in, in, in academics. I already had a job lined up. I had my apartment lined up. Wow. I was done with like the bar, but I was still really worried and scared that I was going to fail. So uh. I remember studying and this is how, this was like literally my pattern. I literally stayed um, so Buffalo, New York, that's where I went to law school. I, used, I literally stayed there because no one was there. And I, I would have like, just no inter, um, interruptions. I would have no one there to really like, you know, just distract me. Right. right and I live right. in New York city and that in New York city is where distractions are. So I didn't come home. So I basically stayed in Buffalo the summer, um, by myself. And literally my day went like this, like 9am to 9pm. So 9am I was like taking in like all these energy drinks, wow. um, I was taking all these energy drinks. I was drinking a lot of caffeine. And then to go to sleep, I would like drink a bottle or two just to like knock me out really, mm. like really quick of mine. And at that time, I didn't know. But like the more you drink and the more heavy you drink, um, the more likely you are to like develop a problem. Like, like yeah. I thought in my head, I never really cared about addiction or even have like a, a thought about it because I just start drinking into college. And right. it's just it's just not something that my family worried about because they were even like really strict Nigerian Muslim. So I didn't even drink in college. I didn't drink in middle school. So it's just never, it was never something that Unless like- you were around or anything. Like it was- Yeah, just, or yeah. yeah, or that I like, I cared for. I mean, and in hindsight, like looking back, like the way I drank in college, the way I drank in law school were all wrong. But in reality, that's how everyone drank. Like everyone mm-hmm. drank a lot. Everyone acted a fool. <laughs> um, so it, to me, it's like, it was like whatever. It's true. But- yeah, but during like this period, 2017, that summer, I would say I was drinking like literally every day, every mm. night to go to sleep. That was like kind of my reward for a long day of like um of studying for a right. long hard day of studying. So just fast forward, I'm done with the bar. You know, you don't know if you pass or not until like two months later. I'm in New York City and things feel okay. Things feel all right. I have a job already lined up. I'm working, but like I felt so empty and I felt so miserable and I couldn't put a, I couldn't like put a, a finger on it. Like I just, I really couldn't put a finger on it. Like I just didn't know why I felt like something was mm. just not right and during this part of like of my life like things should have felt good like I had this really great apartment I had like you know for the first time in like years I was single so I was actually dating for the first time in my right. life like right. for the first time in like my adult life of like going out on dates and meeting right. people doing that um, I had like this brand new, like cute ass Jeep. Jeep. I know you told me right. not to curse. Sorry, I, don't <laughs> have to that. I have this, 
I know you. That is so cute. No, it's fine. <laughs> My bad. Uh, and I know, and that's why I was talking slow in the beginning. I'm like, I have to really make sure I don't say something wrong because you know, Julia, how I talk. I talk really fast and I just say whatever's in my mind. And I am a lawyer, so like I do, and I'm from New York, so like curse words oh, are know, like my, I know. Curse words are my second language, but I'm trying oh real hard. You're doing good. You're doing good, sweetie. You're doing good. All right. Thank you. So, yeah, so so you I have the Jeep and everything, right? Yeah, so I, I you would have thought like I felt like I had crossed out so many things off my checklist. Mm. Long story short, that whole entire year, um, you know, just heavily drinking, heavily partying, going mm. to work, but just feeling like miserable. And then the next year in 2018, I wanted to stop drinking. Like I remember it was I remember it was the Halloween 2018, and me and mm-hmm. my friends were going out, and long story short, something had happened that day, and I had to like really just do a personal inventory and be like Katie. I had to like sit myself down and just be like, we need to figure out what the f is like going mm, on, right? Um, and after like me just having this one-on-one talk with myself and just really piecing together the puzzles, I realized that like alcohol played a huge role in a mm-hmm. lot of like my unhappiness. Right. And not only, uh, and then like not only at that moment, but I looked back into like moments that I had in college and in law school, and I was able to assess like, oh my gosh, yeah, like alcohol you know, did play a, a, a large role in some of my unhappiness. Um, mm-hmm. And and I was like, okay, I'm going to stop drinking. And when I tried to stop drinking, I realized I couldn't. And it was mm. really like, it was crazy to me because it was just like, I didn't know what was happening. It's I didn't like know something what had I was a hold on you. Like the alcohol was like almost in it control, was, like dictating, right? Like it was just that like, no, like if, and you know me, and if anyone knows me like, all my life, if I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do something. That's right. That's so true. it was just the fact that I, I would say like, I'm not going to drink today and then drink. Oh, and it was just like, yeah. that is a problem. Right. It's just like generally that's, you know, that's discipline and self-control. And, and, and that's something that I used to pride myself on having. So it was just weird that I was, I would say like, okay, I'm, I'm only going to drink Thursdays and Fridays and Saturdays, but then Monday night I was drinking. Mm. Um, and then I had to do a lot of like self inventory, but just to wrap up this question, long story short, I did a lot of therapy and other healing, um, work. And I just realized what well, came to the conclusion with the professional um, help that I received that like, I did not have a concrete idea or image of who I truly was um, and like the woman I wanted to be wow. like everything, like a lot of the things that I had acquired and like, even if the degrees, the apartment, the, um, you know, my partners, they were all really based on like a superficial, um, image of like how I present to the world. And it was like a journey of me realizing like this, is, th- is how I'm presenting to the world is this truly who I am mm. and not only that is this truly who I want to be in life because wow. there are a lot of things and I told you this the other day like if it wasn't through like my addiction and other problems I do not like just the ideas of I told you this the other day like growing up I used to always think it was okay to talk to people anyhow as long as it was the truth so right. I could be mean to you but at least I'm being truthful right. and it was just through like my last four or five years of my healing work the self-work where I'm just like no like I actually don't want someone to feel like mm. poop because of the words that are coming out yeah. of my mouth like it yeah. is actually important to say things kindly to yeah. say things um in a nice manner in a nice tone to not make anyone else's day um worse than what it already is life is already mm. hard mm. so um mm. 
the what so basically like my healing and my intervention was really me coming into terms of like Katie you don't know who you are you only you, you know you you have this image that society um that that you have put out into society that society has cultivated but is this truly who you want to be wow. and for me that what propelled my journey is that like even before 2017 anything that I put my mind to happened anything that I wanted took place like I've always felt so blessed by God by the universe even when I think about situations that I might have put myself into like in when I was like, in college and before and how like disastrous things could have happened but didn't happen I've always felt like really blessed by God in the universe so with that said I've always thought like I'm not I was not I'm not meant to live suffering like this is mm, not the exactly. life that God has for me at all. So I made a decision, like I have to put in work to not only live the life that I want to live in the way of like abundance and wealth, but to be truly happy. I feel like up mm. until that point, I was only putting in work for like finances and mm. accolades and um intangible things, which I like. Like I I I like money. Like I don't like capitalism, but I like right. having money to get to to get nice things that make me feel good but I don't want that to be the center of who I am and um yeah so that's how my journey took off this is oh my goodness (laughs) no this no you said so many things that I'm just like wow 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 and I'm sure people (laughs) who are listening are going to be like wow because it's a it really it really is like you looking back in yourself right like you actually self-evaluating yourself like listen I'm actually putting in my happiness in the wrong things. And this is why X, Y, and Z is happening, right? And I think just pausing and reflecting on ourselves, we don't do that. We are so mm-hmm. critical of everyone else and how they should live their lives and, oh, this person and that. But we don't take the time to self look at ourselves and diagnose the issues that are going on and yeah. why we act a certain way. You know, it's crazy. It's really crazy. And and I think you said something that I think even hit me so hard was like, you had everything, right? You were living in New York City. You had the good job. You're a lawyer. You're doing big things. But yet there was still something, you know, and it wasn't until you actually like paused and actually had to have this happen that it really transformed your life. And I think that's the real key. Yeah, I was going to say, the thing is that, like, if you don't, and, and you know what I, not even, let me say something, if you, God, the universe, whatever you believe in will always give you hints that something is wrong, right? Mm. And usually we will ignore them. There were things that have happened even before 2017 that, um, you know, if I was more conscious of, or maybe if I cared a little more, mm. I would, I could have took heed to. What I'm saying is that everyone has a journey of transformation. However, yes. not everyone, um, not everyone like takes heed, yeah. Take, yeah, and yeah. takes heed to the message. And the universe will make you stop. Like, it, like, it will keep on adding things and throwing things and like, sending you curveballs it's just you being willing to like listen That's like if so and, and even during like 2018 2017 I was asking people for help I I was telling people like I think I have a drinking problem and folks were telling me no you don't like they were like no you don't just drink less and they were telling me a b and c um they were telling me so many things and I could have listened like I could have been like you know what because the truth is if my friends and my partners were accepting me like like you know I could have just kept on going right but again I just I 
I, you know, it was, things were still painful going into late and going in to work late, having arguments with these same friends and partners who were telling me I didn't have a problem. Like just sometimes feeling lonely, being depressed, being miserable. Um, I had to make a decision like, okay, you have to help yourself because clearly mm. ain't nobody trying to help you. You know what I mean? You have to put in the work for yourself if if you truly want to be um, at, an, at a different place. Wow. And don't get me wrong, like healing is not linear. Oh my gosh, there was so many relapses. There was so many times I was like, no, sobriety is not for me. And I would like put my my time in partners and, and use them to comfort me. And um, it wasn't honestly like, you know, my official sober date is uh, February 2nd, 2020. Um, what did I say 2020 like that? But 2020. <laughs> um, but I've been trying this. I've been at this sobriety thing since wow. 2018. Um, but it was just like, I, and I'm happy I just never gave up. And I guess when mm-hmm. I, I know my head is going so many places right now, but like I say this to say, I guess the point of like, what I'm saying right now is the fact that like, healing is not linear like there, if you mm. truly want something it's okay to mess up at it it's okay to take Amen. a break it's Amen. okay to like say you know what i'm gonna put this on pause but just keep on going because something is going to click something's gonna hit and i am like even every day you know i'm so reflective so every day i just really i'm just i'm at a different part in my life that i've never been wow. like like and i don't have and it's so crazy because all the tangible things that I want that I'm aiming for, like, you know, where I want my career to take place, where the trajectory, where I want it to go, that stuff is still unraveling, right? It's mm. still unknown. But I could never have, I cannot have, I have never been this happy and this content with life ever. Wow. Ever. And a lot of it, honestly, it's me. It's not a partner. It's not mm. like, yeah, my apartment is cute. Yeah, my car's cute. But it's not any of that. It's yes. it, I don't even have I don't have my dream car. I don't have my dream house yet. I'm it's I'm coming. It's coming soon. But right. my happiness is me. Like it comes Ooh. from me, it comes from my growth. It comes from my dedication. Oh, it comes wow. from my my charisma. It comes from my my humor. It's, it's, it's me. It comes it's from me. who you are. Yes. And and I think that is such a good point. And I and I think you know, God is so intentional. You know, God is very, 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 very intentional. And, you know, he allows things to happen sometimes just to prune us, right? And I always say you need a lot of dirt to grow, right? In order for anything, <laughs> in order for anything to grow, it needs dirt, you know? And sometimes the dirt can be a lot. Just like when you put your stuff in the laundry, it got to go through all the tumbling and all that just for it to come out clean, you know? And I feel like what you said is so key is that you don't have everything. Like, honestly, let's be real. Some of us listening, like none of us all have it all together, right? Like, let's be real, right? But when you have a fulfillment inside, you feel so happy and so content, like where God has placed you that you know, like even when the other things come, that's like a cherry on top because you found exactly. who you are. You know, it's like, it's not bad, obviously, to want nice things, but you know that your fulfillment and your happiness doesn't come from those things. Exactly. And I think that's so awesome. And, you know, I think it's also important for people to remember, like, what each person needs to heal from is different. And sometimes we may downplay certain things because we feel like, oh, it's not drugs or, oh, it's not serious. Mine is just a small issue. But personally, I feel like those small issues are the ones that open the door for bigger issues. So what advice would you give anyone who's listening that may feel like they don't fall into like the extreme category? So therefore, they just like suppress what they're going through honestly it's especially with black women it's mm-hmm. never just the drug or the alcohol or or the alcohol it's really underlining issues that we all especially 
as women, as black women, as black men, the black community, we all suppress. Like we don't yeah. value um, certain things. And it's not, I'm not going to put the blame and just be, black people don't value mental health. Hello, look what society wants black people to value labor and productivity. Um. They don't really give us the tools and the space and the environment um, to really unpack our, you know, our mental health and, and right. whatever trauma or issues that we might be facing. So even for the women in my club, like in my club, they're doctors. And this doesn't even matter. We have an array of like different fields and different like place, places, but it's never, it was, it's not. And I told you the other day, like most black women don't start drinking until college. Mm-hmm. So really when, 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 especially black people, black women are abusing substances. It's never abusing substances. That's not what really the issue is. Mm. It's usually something underneath that. And generally, you know, when I go to rooms, when I speak at conferences, when I speak to different women, it's usually a lot of white supremacy, a lot of racism, a a lot of poverty. It's a lot of never feeling good enough Mm. or feeling that, feeling that, we have to do certain things like become lawyers, become doctors, just so we can feel great enough and good enough. And then entering those roles and then still feeling low. The only problem, Mm. the only problem is that when you use drugs and alcohol to overcome those issues, there's a physical manifestation in the body. So it's like, you might, so like, in 2018, I had realized, I, you know, you know me all, pretty much of a lot of my adult years, you yeah. know, like I'm pretty confident. I, I yeah, thought I was very. confident. I thought like, you know, I walk with my health, my um, head held high. Yeah. However, I was looking at self-esteem in another way. I thought self-esteem mm-hmm. is just like, you know, being, being loud, being big, never backing down, but also self-esteem is what is it about yourself that you value? And at that mm. time, I couldn't even, t- I couldn't even tell anyone like what my favorite color was, what, what I like to eat. I don't know. Everything was just so generic. Wow. I really truly didn't know who I was and what I liked. So, um, I say this to, I say this to say this. I know your question was really a, a loaded question. And my answers are always very loaded, but I, I will say no, we this. love loaded. I, Come on. Khadija. <laughs> I will say this. I created some Abacos Club because when I was trying to get help um, with my addiction, with my drinking problem, um, I was sitting in rooms where people, generally white people, um, were, and this is okay. This is this is okay. Um, what I'm going to say is so okay, but I realized it wasn't my case. It wasn't my issue. Oh. So I was sitting down with people who were drinking since they were 11, 10 years old, who didn't, who, 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 you know, was close with their parents, close with their family, whose families, you know, valued mental health, valued, um, you know, these people were in and out of rehab maybe four or five times. Um, Their parents, you know, they had a a history of like drug or alcohol abuse. Their family were a part of Mm. um, their journey. Like they didn't have the ask, the the internal dilemma that I was facing. Like I was, it, it was, like I didn't start drinking when I was 10 or 11. I didn't like, there was something else that was deeper that contributed mm. to me drinking. And for me, it wasn't enough to sit in a room and, um, not so identified. Right. Like you just, yes, it just people. wasn't. An, right. Yes. It, sorry. It was, it was not enough for me. Mm. So that's why I created Sober Black Girls Club and, um, creating Sober Black Girls Club. I realized a lot of stuff. I let a lot of stuff, but I'll make it short one, especially after the pandemic, everyone struggles with something um, a lot of people abuse 
substances. A lot of people abuse substances. Alcoholism is the leading preventable death in America. And what does that mean? That means that one is preventable because it's like no one's forcing people. We don't put That's alcohol true. in people's mouths. Um, and what does it mean is that it contributes to like heart failure and liver failure and this and all these other diseases or effects that come from drinking a lot. Um, and I think one of the, why I love Civil Blackless Club, it's because we, I think one of the things that stops Black people from addressing whatever issue they may be facing is labels. So oh. in the beginning, I did not feel okay calling myself an alcoholic or an addict. If I'm going to call myself an alcoholic or an addict, I might as well tell you I'm intelligent as hell. I'm creative. <laughs> I'm, I'm personable. I'm smart. I'm like, I'm helpful. Right. Like, are you kidding me? There's so many great things about me that I might as well tell you all those things. I'm right. not going to wait this one negative thing mm. um, that that society contributed. That's not going to be the highlight of my story. Right. So let me do a disclaimer. And so my back club, anyone can identify as anything. We don't follow. It's not necessarily a, an addiction program. There's some people in the club who do 12 steps, who went to rehab, who went to wow. outpatient, who's, who's done nothing, you know, who's done nothing, who just did cold turkey. There's the club consists of people who still who still today drink. Maybe they've moderated it. Some people, a lot of folks, you know, abstain completely. That's not really the point of Sober Blackos Club. It's not to to add more labels to, to a society that has already put so many labels on Black people, who has already put so many labels on Black women. It's really for us to get together and talk about our issues recover from those, from those issues and then build a community that's conscious, that's very conscious. And it's so hard. Like you said, people only think now that I'm in self-recovery and again, self-recovery is me recovering from all the BS that society has right. like instilled in me. It's not just from like one thing, alcohol. It's me unlearning a lot of things that I thought were okay, that I'm realizing are not okay. Um, and, and that's really the goal of Sober Black Girls Club. Like there are folks in the club who do currently still drink um, because it's addiction and substances. It's, it's, it's a tricky relationship, yeah. but I don't think the answer is to exclude those people mm. who literally know that they have an issue, right. um, but are having, you know, more trouble or, or having difficulty in stopping, especially when there's so many barriers to tell Black women you're, you're not sick. You're fine. You know how many people told me I didn't have a problem when that's I knew crazy. I had a problem? That's crazy. Like, but that's not their fault. That's society. Right. Pe right. People cannot see Black women as, um, mm. as quote-unquote weak, right? right? Especially if, if you look nice, your booty's sitting up, right. you have a nice car, you <laughs> have a nice not. car. They're like, oh, <laughs> you're just doing too much. You. Like, now you're just being ungrateful. It's like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's like, no, I'm really struggling here. Hello. <laughs> but you know what? It's, it's, it's really, I, I love what you're doing, you know, and I think it's, and, and that's why I really thank God for your life, honestly, because it's, and I think your testimony is allowing more women to have this safe haven, right? Because, you know, let's think about it. If you didn't go through all that you went through, you know, you wouldn't be able to understand and relate to the people that you're having these talks with and you're meeting at these conferences because you know exactly firsthand what they're going through. And it's not just one thing. It stems from multiple things and layers of things, you know? And honestly, I think with Silver Black Girls Club, it is amazing. And I know it's blessing so many people and I know God will use you for greater things. Um, and I do want to pivot here about it because I know running a nonprofit, it definitely comes with a lot of work and it's extremely rewarding. So 
I just want to know, like, what are you looking to achieve for the future for Sober Black Girls Club? And what are some upcoming things we can be on the lookout for in the future? Thank you, girl. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So right now, I'm like really just so proud. I when I first came to Black Girls Club, it was really just a blog. I was just blogging about my experience because I was so naive, yeah, I and I yeah. just I didn't I didn't know what sobriety was. I didn't know anything. And um, I will say this: it's like when I first created Sober Black Girls Club, I will give this one example, and I will say a name. Even though this person told me, yeah, I can share the story. I remember someone from Buff State hit me up when I first created Sober Black Girls Club. So this was even before like. Teen Vogue and Red Table Talk. This was just some girl who I really did not like. We didn't. I don't think we both <laughs> liked each other in college. I, don't Come think. On, I think we both just. Like that. That's- <laughs> yeah. you know, I didn't keep it real. That's right. <laughs> I and I was like, why is this girl hitting me up? And I remember reading her text message, and she um basically was telling me that you know her mom suffered from addiction. Wow. Um. But again, and and these are st- these are DMs from people. I m- I remember being in 2017 and saying I, I don't know anyone who had an addiction. Mm. And then creating from a Black Girls Club, and even today having friends and family members and having um colleagues from college and law school tell me like, oh my dad had an, has an addiction or this person passed away or this person. And and these people have so much close proximity to me that I didn't even know this. Mm. But it's just what we do in like society. We keep things a secret. Like we, we feel like we don't have to talk about certain things. And the only way people can heal, and honestly, this is what I believe, is by talking. Yeah. I can give you a pamphlet telling you how to overcome um, addiction or how to overcome depression or how to do this and that. But if you are not talking about one, what you're going through, the steps you're taking, if the steps are working or or they're not working or how we can pivot or we can just share our stories, then nothing really gets better. Mm, It really is community. It really is community and being vulnerable that brings that, like bring that, that transforms, um, unfortunate or you know things that we can look at as unfortunate so i will say i'm just so proud of silver black girls club um i'm 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 gonna humble brag real quick like oh, just I, I remember starting <laughs> where sobriety was so taboo it's kind of still is taboo and looking at it now where you know i have like celebrities dming me telling me a b and c being being, you know, being happy and open to sharing their, their stories at our meetings, you know, more people are saying like, oh yeah, I'm are looking to sobriety, I'm 10 days sober, or I'm even 12 hours sober, wow. whatever, just people are just being so are more willing and more open to like talk about it and just be real and understand that sobriety is not a dirty word. Like it's exactly. just not a dirty word. It's okay to not want to drink. So I'm really happy um with that you know we run for yeah go ahead sorry (laughs) like we we run for for weekly meetings you know uh we run four weekly support meetings we have a blog we have a newsletter we have a mentorship program and one of the things that i really value about the club is again we're not putting one method over the other if you want to do 12 steps do 12 steps we will hook you up with a sponsor if you you want to look for a rehab if you want to do all all the things in a book do everything get 12 steps met sponsor go to rehab do this and that we will help you that's really not 
the issue. The issue, the issues that you know that you're cared for and that you loved, you're loved. Wow. So with that said, we have the mentorship program. We have a medical fund where we've raised over $10,000 and have helped people, have helped members go to like private um, rehabs like you know go to Cali riding <laughs> riding horses instead of staying in like New wow. York City and I'm sorry New York City's medical facilities are horrible but you know what I mean like it's really <laughs> right, a, right. a movement it really is a movement and just to answer because I know I you know I like to go on rants no, uh, just please, answer, so free girl we love it <laughs> just to answer um about like what we're doing in the future I think now because we are really we're nationwide a lot of our members are in California I'm, I'm in New York. We do have a lot of members in New York. I think it's Cali, New York. Then I think it's DC. I want to say Philadelphia, Texas, and then Florida. And then we have people, you know, sprinkled, 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 excuse me, all over the US. Um, but I think the goal now is like, okay, girl, we want, you know, everyone wants to meet. We just want to have a spot. And I that's going to take time. But right now we're crowdfunding and raising money to get to rent a space in New York City. So at least we can meet there. At least we can we can have, um, you know, meetings and events and workshops. And then the long, in the long run, I want some Black Girls Club clubs, their chapters, our chapters to have physical locations in the cities that we are, we are in. And I also want us to have, sorry, I don't know why I have the hiccups. I also <laughs> want us, I'll end it here. I'll end this question here. I also want us to you know for these locations to eventually develop into like living homes because I think what is really important is that one and I we were talking about this the other day yeah (laughs) like one you can learn different coping mechanisms you can learn and this is one thing I love about Slovakia's club like come on don't play with us like you can learn (laughs) different coping mechanisms you can learn um you know the right things to do and the wrong things to do but if you're in the same environment that broke you if you're hanging out with people still hanging out with people who are testing you and mm. and not allowing you to even practice those coping mechanisms? You're gonna always default to to the old to the old to your patterns. Yeah. yeah, you know, and that's just how it is. It's like you can learn if you look at my bookshelf right now. All these books, I can read until I turn blue. But mm. if I don't have the environment to practice what I'm reading, so they become second nature. Also, they become like they integrate with who I am. Then they really don't have a purpose. Who cares? Like no one cares about that you're reading it. You have to practice so that's why one of the goals of the club is to develop like a home a space where people who are coming out of addiction coming out of like abusing alcohol or or whatever they don't have to clarify the addiction alcohol abuse misuse gray area drinking whatever term you want to use um that's 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 right for you when they get out of that area that 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 turbulence um they have a place to, to go where they can feel safe and they can practice and adapt to like these healthy coping mechanisms so that's the future of soul black as club Woo! and i'm excited because it's, it's in the works it's happening yes yes and i am so proud of you like listening to everything you said is just and you know i just i know we have to wrap up soon but honestly i just feel <laughs> like it, it it really touches me because you're doing something that's greater than you right like i think that's the thing the impact right? Like to know that you're going to be transforming the lives of someone's mother, someone's sister, you know, all of these women that, you know, didn't have this opportunity, but because you are creating this opportunity for them, it's going to help them have a better life. 
that to me is like you're walking in your purpose, Khadija. You know what I mean? Like that to me is great. And honestly, to have all of the features and the accolades that you've had, you should be proud because what you're doing is impacting society. You know, like you're doing something far greater than yourself. And I even when I watched your Red Table Talk, I was so amazed. Like you would have never like, come on, y'all. Like she she really was on the Red Table Talk for real, y'all. Like, you know what I mean? Like all of that. Like Vogue, Washington, come on, BuzzFeed. I could keep going. No, but you know what I mean? Like, and I'm saying all this saying, not to say like bragging in yourself or anything. No, but just to see the impact of what you're doing and for it to be recognized is, is dope. That's what I'm trying to say. That's, that's what's up. You know, there's too much negativity already going on that we actually need to give credit where things that are doing and happening that are helping people, we should rather be celebrating that, you know? And, and I think taking a negative situation such as abuse and making it beautiful and making it a place where people can feel like, I can be myself, I can grow, I can learn, I do not have to stay in this mess. Like, you know, that to me is so far greater than any of the other things that sometimes we get so fixated on in society. So honestly, big shout out to you, girl. Like, honestly, I, hands down. Thanks, girl. Can I add one little thing just before yes. we wrap up? So yeah, I will say that, you know, I did start Summer Black Girls Club. I will say that without the members though, again, like what mm. I was here, it would be nothing. I would, I wouldn't be anything. And I would say right. this, cause again, I can learn coping mechanisms. I can learn like not to drink, like, you know, mm-hmm. no, don't get me wrong. That takes time. That takes like really trials and tribulations, but anyone can like really just integrate and learn that thing, those things. But again, if it wasn't for the women and you know, we're more than women, like we're mm-hmm. pretty open, um, women on body folks trans folks if it wasn't for the folks at the black girls club then it just it wouldn't be it wouldn't work because it doesn't doesn't groups and collectives healing does not work with just one person like i just right. don't believe that right. not in my experience and i, I just can't you work. need a village you need a home and need- yeah and i think that's how you learn from people and i think that's amazing honestly khadijah and i just i just want to say once again like Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for being so transparent and for just always being you and for sharing your journey. Like I really pray that God will continue to elevate you and like may your story bless and help so many people. But before we wrap up, please let our listeners know because I know they're going to be hitting me up like, where can I connect with her? Like, oh my God. So please let our listeners know where they can connect with you on, follow you, all that good stuff. And if they also want to join the Sober Black Girls Club. Thanks, girl. And I want to say congratulations to you, too, on your new cooking show, oh. on your Instagram, on your podcast, just doing really great things and inspiring people. And I think that's just what you're right. Like, it's just you open up Instagram, just so much negativity. Like, mm-hmm. and, I, like and you just we just need more platforms like this. So thank you. Um, honestly, Silver Black Girls Club, we're everywhere. Shout out to Silver Black Girls Club. I think our biggest platform is on Instagram, but all you have to um, type in is Silver Black Girls Club. I think on Twitter, it's Silver Black Girls. Facebook, Silver Black Girls Club. Facebook, we have a page, but we also have a private Facebook group of about 800 women. Wow. And there, if you're not too sure about your relationship with substances, if you're not too sure if you want to join the club, I will definitely say just join the Facebook group. It's just, it's an environment. It's a vibe all on its own of just women um being honest you know and being honest and being willing to just try and see if something works for them if it doesn't just being really open and helpful um it's just a, it's a community in itself the facebook group so that's that you know you can find us on linkedin instagram like i said before i think that's our biggest platform um clubhouse clubhouse we do have clubhouse meetings yes we do private rooms and those are on i believe monday and wednesdays 
Um, you can find us www.superblackersclub.com. They have all our Zoom meetings. So that's where the information is for Zoom meetings. Um, and on the website, okay, yeah. See how my brain works? So on the website, there's a form. <laughs> there's a form called um, join the club and just fill that out. If, if you want to do our mentorship, if you want to join our mentorship program, fill out the forms. You know, they will probably take about a day or two to get back to you because again we have to verify that the folks who are joining our club like this like, you know how people are just want to be yeah. in the, and I people i mean like not black people just want to be in the business um so we have to verify make sure um you're probably gonna edit that out my bad julia no nope, you're fine <laughs> Speaks so you don't miss a beat. See you guys on the next episode. Ciao.